Central Michigan football play-by-play guy Adam Jackson joins the show. What are the chips all about? Well, we'd certainly get to know them a lot in our conversation. And then, Michigan State basketball news, five best bets for week one. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Spartan friends, Spartan family. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show of Locked on Spartans. We have a great one before kickoff against the Chips because we have a man that is very, very dialed into this program in Adam Jaxa. He is the play-by-play guy, the voice of the Chippewas. Joins us for a nice two-segment chat, getting to know everything about the program up in Mount Pleasant. But before getting to that... If you're in a nice mood, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel. Uh, comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Leave us a nice review, too, if you're listening on podcast. Really, uh, whatever makes you happy. And with that said, hey, we hope this chat makes you happy. Here we go with Adam Jaxa. We are now joined by, not on a busy week, I'm sure this man has nothing else going on. He's just the voice of the Chippewas, the play-by-play guy. It's Adam Jaxa. Adam First of all, did I do your last name okay there? And second of all, how you doing, man? Are we are we doing fine over there? You nailed it, man. Which is uh, rare to say. Most most people say Jaska Jackson. Uh, sure, right. So I appreciate you, and I'm doing great, man. How could you not? It's it's football week. We are here. I know people in East Lansing are jacked up here in Mount Pleasant. They're just the same. We're we're ready to get going. I am also at the point of the off season where Adam, I'm sorry, you're a guest. You've been on the show for less than a minute that I already need a favor from you. Okay. My preseason optimism for Michigan state, all that energy has been rechanned into anxiety, stress, and fear for Friday. Whereas Michigan state could be playing Lansing Sexton. And I would still be very scared of the game coming up. <laughs> so for the favor, can you just tell me that central, believes that they don't have any shot and they actually have been practicing this week at all and they're just going to lay down when they come to East Lansing on Friday. Is that an accurate assessment of what's been going on in Mount Pleasant? Please. please. I'm going to do you one better. All of this talk about how Washington's your first home game, I'm going to tell you, you guys need to pay attention to the Chippewas on Friday night. (sighs) I'm sorry. Fine. Okay, fine. Fine. We'll, we'll take it. We'll, we'll do straight talk, I guess. We'll, we'll mix it up here on Lockdown Spartans. But what is the mood around the team like? Obviously, excitement and everything like that. But what, what kind of central team are we going to be seeing on Friday night when they roll into Spartan Stadium? Matt, I really think you're, you're going to get a good Central Michigan team. I think both teams honestly look similar to me. I, I personally okay. feel that both Michigan State and Central Michigan are flying under the radar, and they're going to be a lot better than what people think. So, There's some good news for you. I I really believe in what Mel Tucker has done and bulking up the front seven specifically on both offensively and defensively on the line. So certainly that's going to be something that Central Michigan is going to have to deal with. But for CMU, they're really optimistic up here. It's been the odd years for Jim McElwain. 2019, they go to the MAC championship game. 2021, they win the Sun Bowl. They had down years in 2020 and 2022. They moved some coaches around, brought some new guys in here this year. They basically, uh, this is a program that has been run on their offensive line. They're called the Bubs, uh, is what the tradition is here at Central Michigan. And if their offensive line is clicking, 
that's when they give these bigger program teams trouble. And this offensive line, for the most part, is back from 2021. They had a new coach in last year, and the chemistry, the fit just wasn't right there. So they've swung over to Vita Thompson, who was the tackles and tight ends coach. He's a former offensive lineman, and they feel really good about that group coming in this year. So really, as you know, Matt, the coaching cliche is always it starts up front. Well, it certainly is true for CMU on the offensive line, and they feel much better about that group this season. Let's keep it on the offense because Lou Nichols, he's out of there. Thank God for Michigan State fans. Um, who is going to be moving the ball down the field for Central Michigan? What, who are the weapons that we should be fearful of? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, uh, you know, Lou Nichols is gone, but there may be more athletic guys that are there. And again, you didn't see it last year because, one, there were some injury issues, which I know Michigan State experienced as well. Uh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. I know defensively there was a lot of different players on that end of the ball. But uh, yeah. for CMU, one, the offensive line and, and just the offensive cohesion wasn't there, so nothing was working. But two, the running backs. Uh, Marion Lukes is, is one, of the, one of the best rushers that the Chippewas have had, and he's kind of been waiting because Nichols, as you mentioned, had been the guy. And then Miles Bailey is the other one. Um, so those two are poised to have breakout years. They're fast runners. They're tough runners. And then they just late brought in a transfer from Missouri and, and B.J. Harris. So they feel they've got three really good backs. Um, and, and if you ask Central Michigan and the coaching staff, their most deep positions, similar to Michigan State, they're linebackers on defense, uh, but running backs on offense. They are loaded there. And, uh, again, if the guys in front are going to block for them, there's some really dynamic players at that position. So it's safe to say a, a run-first offense coming to East Lansing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, Jim McElwain wants to be balanced. As you know, if you're balanced offensively, if, if the play action is there, I mean, 2021 for Michigan state, yeah. they, they could play act all day long. And uh, <laughs> yes, if, if the secondary's worried about the run, they're getting beat over the top with the pass. So sure. They want to set up the run, establish that with the front and the offensive line. And also, when you're bringing in two new quarterbacks um, that saw a little bit of time last year, as you know, you settle yeah. them in and can run the ball a little bit and set them up in third and second and manageable, that's going to make things go smoother. Any indication of how the quarterback situation is going in Mount Pleasant? Or is it going to be like what we're seeing here in East Lansing? Hey, everyone, stay tuned until Friday and we'll figure it out how it goes. Well, the, the depth chart, which I heard Michigan State isn't even giving us a depth chart, so there's Never that. heard of it. Never heard of it. No. <laughs> we do have one in Mount Pleasant, but it says Bert Emanuel Jr. or Jace Bauer. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see both. I think both yeah. guys will play. Uh, Bert Emanuel Jr. is is the superstar athlete. His, his dad was a great wide receiver in the NFL, so he's got those type of speedy athletic genes and – he touches the football. He could go 85 yards and be in the end zone. Jace Bauer is also a dual threat guy, really athletic, competitive kid, um, great baseball player that the Chippewas got from Iowa. So you'll see both. Bauer's a little bit more uh, complete in terms of we saw more from him throwing last year. I think Emmanuel only threw the ball like eight times last season. So oh, wow. okay. that's the big question mark. We know Burke can run and we know Jace is – competitive and he'll put his head down and he's willing to do anything to win for the team. But with how many, how much they had struggle wise on offense last year was really hard to get a gauge for how good they could be. Cause like the rest of the offense, they struggled and it just wasn't a good year on that end uh, on that side of the football. 
So when it comes to Michigan State's strengths on defense, which is most likely going to be the front, the line, the linebackers as well, versus Central Michigan's offense, scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in Central Michigan going into this game on offense? 10 being the most confident, 1 being they might as well not get off the bus. <laughs> well, uh, they are going to get off the bus. It's only an hour okay. and five, so that's good news. It is, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say a 7 or an 8. I, I really do believe. Gotcha. And it's it's again it's the offensive line Matt I mean if if CMU has had good offensive lines in the past their offense can do enough to move the football bleed the clock and stay in these type of games it's what they do I mean 2018 they came in there they won one game that year against Maine they didn't even beat an FBS team and that was an 11 point football game I mean it's the 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 rivalry type of nature the the tradition the history of this series it's there mm-hmm. for CMU, and I think they're aware of it. Um, it doesn't mean they're going to win uh, because uh, Michigan State's going to be a great football team, but they've, they understand that other teams in the past have done that before. I think that matters in sports. History happens, and then there's chances for it to repeat itself, and weird things happen. Um, but I, I feel confident in the offense because of the coaching switches and because of that offensive line that they're able to – although their strength might not be quarterback, kind of like Michigan State, because you're breaking in new guys, their strength is going to be running the football. And if they can run the football and move some of the the defense for Michigan State, they should be able to move the football. And plenty more to come with Adam here in a hot second. But first, need to talk your ear off about LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and, my favorite part, for free. It is so easy to create a job on your LinkedIn profile. I Even a schmuck like me can do it. So when you add your job, put the purple hashtag hiring frame around your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and, like I said, for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And let's switch it to the defensive side of the ball here. I don't know how much confidence this is going to put in Michigan State fans' hearts and minds. Because you guys have, what, one starter returning, two starters returning on defense? It's it's a low number, surely. Right, Adam? Please. <laughs> yeah, they do They do have most of their defense back, of course. I, I think 10 guys are back. Uh, yeah, ten great. To get the start. So, I mean, Matt, the funny thing is when I, the more that I've looked at this game, these two teams are so similar. I mean, they're both great quarterbacks. I think they're both flying under the radar and expectations are low, but their front sevens on defense are both great. I mean, you talk about having great linebacking play for Michigan state. I mean, they've got a couple of studs there. Kyle Moretti and Justin Whiteside are two of the best linebackers in the MAC. Moretti, somehow we stole him from a Power 5 school, and I'm surprised that he's still here. You're going to feel that guy if you're Michigan State on, on Friday, number 22. He, he flies to the football, great run stopper. And then the big thing for, for CMU defensively will be on the edges, right? Uh, their tackles come back. 
Robbie Stewart, this is how old Robbie Stewart is. Uh, he played in that game in 2018 at Spartan oh. Stadium. And uh, he had a sack of Brian Lewerke. He is still on this team. So there's experience there. But the ends are new. Uh, Michael Michael Heldman is is in his second year. And then they're, they're going to start a kid, uh, Cade Casas, out of uh, Grand Rapids. Um, he's going to be in his first year on end. So they are a little new on the edges. But front seven-wise, Central Michigan, why they stay in these games as well, they always have stopped the run. And in my decade plus of covering this team, you never have to worry about their front defensively because they stop the run first and they're going to make you throw it over the top to try and beat them. And in the secondary, um, this is maybe where there's a little difference between Central and Michigan State. I think you guys feel a little bit better about your secondary than us MSU fans do about ours. And that's because a guy by the name of Dante Kent will be suiting up for the Chips. Uh, first team All-Mac player last year. He's a Bronco Nagurski watch list guy. Simply put, does he just shut down one side of the field? Like, is he that kind of a player even against Power 5 teams, you think? Yeah, I mean... He, this will be interesting to see. Uh, he's from Pennsylvania. So naturally his brother was on the team last year, Ronald Kent as well. But when they went to Penn, we went to Penn state last year. If CMU doesn't turn the football over, I think three or four times they muffed the punt. I mean, that was a ball game. Uh, and yeah. those two specifically Dante, they were locked down in that game. So that's the other thing about CMU. This comparison to me feels very similar to, you remember how Michigan used to not take Michigan State seriously, and you know Mark Antonio took advantage of that, and uh, oh yeah, in there, and oh yeah. Beat them? <laughs> I, I feel that same type of view about you know Central Michigan when they play these Power Five teams. Just naturally, you know, they wanted to go to Michigan or Michigan State or or some of these Big Ten schools. So when they get the opportunity to play these teams, they go out there, and it, it is it's their biggest game. It's a big atmosphere, and certainly they want to win their conference. But when you're playing in front of teams and coaches where you thought you would potentially end up, you know, it's your time to shine. And, and Dante Kent always gets up for the moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, I think it's going to be fun to watch and, and see, you know, as Michigan state, I, I know they've got Trey Mosley back, but they yeah. break in some new wide receivers, um, how he matches up against them. I would imagine it's going to be Kent on Mosley most of the day. Yeah, we lost 70% of production from receivers and tight ends. That's a stat I always love to throw out just in case there's any gray area as to how much Michigan State is truly replacing in the receiver game. So 70% of the catches last year from receivers and tight ends. So, yeah, Dante, Dante Kent, great test early on for Michigan State. With all that said, Adam, right now on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Shout out to the sponsor. Michigan State, 14.5-point favorites. You hear that number. Does that sound about right to you? Is it a little high for one team? What, what are you feeling about 14 and a half? I think it sounds right. And it, it, okay. as you know, Matt, Vegas knows what they're talking about, right? Oh, like, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking at these games, you usually think power five teams are, you know, 20 plus point favorites. Yeah. I think there's a reason there's not. And it's, it's, not, it's no disrespect to Michigan State. They're a brand new football team. They haven't showed mm -hmm. us what they can be. So I – Again, I think both teams are going to be better than what they expect. But you look at Jim McElwain, you look at Central Michigan, we are pesky. Uh, yeah. We are so similar to Michigan State of being that blue-collar, lunch-pail type of team that's used to being the underdog, and we're ready to go pack a punch when we go into these venues or these stadiums where uh, maybe we're not expected to win, but they show up and, and they play well. I mean, the seven Power 5 teams – 
that have competed against CMU under Jim McElwain, we've covered the spread in five of the seven games. Wow. One of them was That's good to know. Yes, one That's of them good. was Wisconsin. They blew us out. It was the first FBS team that McElwain faced in 2019. Wisconsin went on to the Big Ten championship game that year. In 2021, you go down to Baton Rouge for a night game, lights out. A couple of turnovers. It was 21-0 in the blink of an eye. So here's what I'll say, and I mean this truly in the most respectful way to Michigan State fans. If you guys come out and you blow us out, right, if you win by 21-plus points, I truly believe that CMU's got a great football team this year. If Michigan State goes out there and wins this thing big, I think you guys should be – you should feel really good about it because I think CMU is one of the most talented teams under the radar in the MAC this year. There we go. Absolutely love that. And that's a great little stat right there. Five out of seven against R5 covering the spread. That's incredible. If I'm going to win one bet this year, I'll just I'll just make it that bet, I guess. As long as MSU just wins the money line, that's all I care about at the end of the day here. But uh, before we let you go, Adam, you know, I was just reading your bio, trying to get some background on you, and it said that you worked a little bit of Michigan State events in your past. Anything stick out, or what events are we talking here? Are we talking like uh, club field hockey, or are we, are, are we like chatting with Tom Izzo and having dinner with uh, Mel Tucker and Mark D'Antonio here? Yeah, I, I grew up in Lansing, actually. I live down in the Lansing area, so gotcha. um, Michigan State's close to home. But I've uh, I've covered a couple of their wrestling meets. I do Central Michigan wrestling up here on our ESPN3. Um, Eric Olanowski, I think, still doing color commentary for those former former Spartan wrestlers. He's a good buddy of mine. So sure. called a couple of matches with him, and uh, you know, I've hopped on 730, done some, some sports talk down there in East Lansing. So uh, very close to home, and uh, – Again, I like to see Michigan State and the the in-state teams do well. But, uh, you know, as my mom and my sisters will be in the crowd, proud Michigan State alums, I will be, of course, rooting for my alma mater in Central Michigan. We'll allow it. We'll let it slide, I guess. But yeah, Eric Olanowski, uh, we had him on the show uh, after the Olympics. So yeah, great guy. Uh, that, that's awesome to hear that. Uh, you guys are good friends. So there we go, man. Well, Adam, uh Besides the result on the field, I hope Friday goes really well for you. I, I hope everything is smooth sailing, except for the final score. Uh, but no, thanks a lot for your time, man. Really do appreciate it. All your insight. Uh, really, really do appreciate you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to uh, get down there. 100th year of Spartan Stadium. And, man, I, I love the environment down there. I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope it's a great game, obviously. And we'll see what happens. There we go. And if you need a shot of fireball before stopping in the booth to uh, take the edge off, swing by the Breslin Center parking lot. I will hook you up there. So uh, I'm sure that's what you guys all do before recording, right? I, hey, you sample and walk around the tailgate and see what yeah. kind of stuff you can come up with. Exactly. It's just economically smart for you to do. That's all. So there you go. Thanks a lot, Adam. Really appreciate it, man. You got it, Matt. Thank you. And once again, huge thanks to Adam for his time, for his knowledge, uh, getting him on game week of all weeks as well. Uh, super stoked to have him open up his schedule for us and to chat about CMU with us. Now, we're actually going to switch to the basketball court here for a hot second because on Wednesday morning, really cool event was announced by the program. A uh, nice little video from Tom Izzo on the social channels that, just like last year, against Tennessee down at their neck of the woods, there's a secret scrimmage. This scrimmage this year up at East Lansing is not going to be a secret. It is going to benefit the Hawaii Community Foundation Maui Strong Fund. We all know what has happened over in Maui with those devastating fires. 
and obviously the location for the Maui Invitational. Michigan State slated to play there in 2024, and Tennessee actually slated to play there this upcoming season. Now, how are they going to make this a benefit for them? It's going to be an open scrimmage for all Spartan fans, or I guess Tennessee fans, or any basketball fans in general, to come to Breslin Center, and all the proceeds will be going to the Maui Strong Fund. Now, like I said, Tennessee slated to play there this year. It's like the furthest thing on the priority list for anything going on in Maui, but there is no decision on whether the Maui Invitational will take place in Lahaina this year. The Lahaina Civic Center is still standing uh, after the fires, but it's being used for shelters and a, a refuge, uh, so to speak. So, again, we don't know when that announcement will come. Really not important right now. What is important, though, is that Michigan State and Tennessee are coming together to do something right for the Maui community. Now, Tom Izzo talked about this during his video of just how much this tournament means to him. It's where he got his start as an MSU head coach, and Michigan State has been there four times going on five. Uh, no prices yet for what is going to happen on October 29th. We don't know if it's going to be general admission seating. More information to come in the future, but that is a very, very cool and generous event from both programs. And yeah, hopefully we could fill Breslin to the gills and get a lot of money over to Maui. Now, other basketball news. Maybe not as big or exciting as that, but this is a regular season pair of matchups here that there is to announce. November 28th, Georgia Southern will be coming up to Michigan State. And then either December 29th or the 30th, Indiana State will be coming up. Now, of course, Indiana State and Michigan State have a history but you got to go all the way back to 1979 for the last matchup, and that you know just happened you know, between Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and a you know very lowly viewed uh, college basketball game. Of course, I'm kidding. It's the highest rated college basketball game of all time still to this date. And they will, the Sycamores will be coming up to Michigan State either the 29th or the 30th of December. Now, this from Kyle Austin. He compiled a great list of the games here. So in the non-conference, or I'm sorry, just more exhibition stuff, uh, James Madison, Southern Indiana in early November. Then, of course, you have Duke in the Champions Classic, Butler in the Gavit Games, uh, Alcorn State in the Accretion Classic, as long as well as Arizona, then Georgia Southern, Baylor at Little Caesars Arena, Oakland at the Breslin Center, and then Indiana State. I believe they have one more non-conference game to fill out, so the puzzle is almost complete for Michigan State basketball. Now let's get on to five best bets. Last week, week zero. That's right. We dove into these waters early here as soon as we possibly could, and we went two and three. Two and three. Um, Vanderbilt, you have brought great shame to the SEC and the Commodore family for not being able to cover the spread against Hawaii. Good God. Uh, all right, anyway, we're over that. We're on to the next five best bets for week one action. We wanted to get this early because there are some Thursday night games, some Friday night games, and really just games going all the way until Monday. I cannot wait to melt into the couch and watch all the action. We're going to start off with the Michigan State game on Friday night. No, I'm not going to pick the spread. I'm going to go with the total of 45 and a half points, and we're going to go with the under. All right, Michigan State. I love what I see from their front, a really strong front on the defense. Also, their opponent, well, they're breaking in a new quarterback. There's a little quarterback battle between two guys that is going to bleed into their season and might not be figured out until week two or three. 
And fortunately, the same exact thing can be said for Central Michigan. They have a really strong front as well. Uh, also, yeah, Michigan State, a little quarterback battle there. Who knows what that will look like starting a pass game from scratch in Week 1. And also Central Michigan's got a pretty good secondary as well. I think Michigan State wins. I'm not comfortable enough to bet the spread, but I will bet the under of 45 and a half. I think it'll be a low scoring affair for both teams. Now getting out of Big Ten country, I like Louisville minus seven and a half versus Georgia Tech also on Friday night. That's right. Who, who doesn't want some rambling wreck versus Cardinals on their bet slip at FanDuel? Uh, Jack, Jack Plummer who has been in college football since 2013, seemingly, was at Purdue for a hot second, jumped to the West Coast for another year, but reunites with Jeff Brom in Louisville. Georgia Tech has kind of been a mess, so to speak, ever since going away from the triple option. Louisville, strong season last year, and they already have the established rapport with Jack Plummer, Jeff Brom, whereas Georgia Tech with Haynes Keene, I was never really sold on over at Texas A&M. Uh, I do like Louisville to win by more than a touchdown there. Uh, now, Penn State minus 20 and a half over West Virginia. West Virginia is a mess. Uh, this is the worst four-year stretch in West Virginia football since the late 70s, and I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. I think very highly of Penn State for this upcoming season. I see them winning the Big Ten title, quite frankly. So... I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I think Penn State gets off to a hot start in Happy Valley in front of a Mountaineer team that is voted to finish dead last in the Big 12. 20 and a half is a big number. I truly think the talent gap and just where both programs are at the moment are that big. Now, the biggest game of the weekend, in my opinion, probably in your opinion, in a lot of people's opinion, LSU versus Florida State down in Orlando. I'm going to take the Tigers minus two and a half over Florida State. This is another put my money where my mouth is thing. I think LSU does win the SEC this year. They have a top 10 return in production from last season. Now, with that said... Florida State has the 11th uh, highest returning production from last year. So it is neck and neck. But I think LSU wins the SEC. I think they go to the college football playoff. So I think they get an early win here against Florida State in a statement win in Orlando. Yes, in Florida State's home ground, kind of, sort of. But if there's anything we know about LSU fans is that they're crazy and they will make this game a neutral field feel. Now the last game here, Rocky... Where are you? Rocky Lombardi, Northern Illinois, plus eight and a half at Boston College. Hey, look, setting the table early for Michigan State, who travels to Boston College next year. I'm sure that'll be on the top of Rocky Lombardi's mind throughout the whole game. But yes, give me the eight and a half points and the fighting Rocky Lombardi. So, just to run this down for you really quick. Under 45 and a half in Michigan State for Central Michigan. Louisville minus seven and a half over Georgia Tech. Penn State minus 20 and a half over West Virginia. LSU minus two and a half over Florida State and then Northern Illinois plus eight and a half at Boston College. Right now on FanDuel, you can get a no sweat first bet. $5 for all customers, not just new customers. You get a no sweat college football bet maximum of $5. Play that all in a parlay. That parlay for $5 is going to pay you $122.20. That would get you in the ballpark of like 10 beers at Spartan Stadium when that opens up. Or a crap ton of 50-50 tickets should that hit. But gang, gamble responsibly. Be smart. 
just have fun with it. This is not a way to make yourself rich. It's just a way to get the blood pumping a little extra on, well, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, Mondays for this week. Five straight days of football action. Did I do that right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, I don't know why I'm second-guessing myself. I... I Maybe it's because my head is spinning because I'm just too amped up about the start of college football season. And we will be back tomorrow. It's just going to be me, solo dolo, giving you my final thoughts leading up to kickoff for Michigan State versus Central Michigan. But until then, you beautiful people, I love you all. Go Green.